Hysteria is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And right now, you can get 25% off your entire Books purchase. Here's why everyone likes the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano, which I love. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Erin, I love my books. I love a flower that lasts forever, and my books arrangements really do last a full solid week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, I have some sitting on my kitchen table right now, mm-hmm. and they've been there for several days. And usually when I buy them at, like, the grocery store, they're sort of, like, starting to crap Fade. out pretty quickly. Yep. Not with books. They stick around. They look beautiful. I like how they kind of slowly open up and become even more beautiful as they sit on your, you know, wherever Absolutely, you Absolutely, because they're that fresh. So go to books.com and use promo code hysteria for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S.com, promo code hysteria. Books, promo code hysteria. Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. This week, Alyssa Mastromonaco, Megan Gailey, Rechna Fruckbaum, and Rachel Bonetta join me to tackle the following questions. What do you do when your hopes for the future of your favorite candidate fade? How do you reconcile being a sports fan and a feminist? Why is stick to sports a ridiculous thing to demand of athletes? And what kind of lunatic hates all birds? Answers to these and more right now. Hey, everybody. We've got trouble right here in River City with a capital C, and that rhymes with V, and that stands for coronavirus. Hopefully that extremely dorky dad joke displaced whatever awful version of my corona that has been stuck in your head for days. Um, On a lighter note, with a second Super Tuesday on the books and Biden racking up wins, I've been thinking a lot about what to do when the unstoppable force of the progressive movement hits the immovable object of voters who just want things to go back to normal and nothing more. So here to discuss that is my friend, former White House Deputy Chief of Staff under President Barack Obama and dancer to music that only she can hear, Alyssa Mastromonaco. Hello? Hey, Alyssa, I have a question for you. Yes, Erin. Have you ever solved a mystery? Uh, one or two in my time. Like a kid mystery or like a like a murder she wrote style mystery? I mean, I'm talking like clue in the crumbling wall Nancy Drew type mystery. Well, this might be a good Nancy Drew mystery for you to solve. Okay, I'm going to read you some results from primaries from a specific demographic in 2016 and 2020. And I want you to help me solve why there was a difference. Um, okay. Okay. So the demographic is white men in Michigan. Now in 2016, white men voted for Sanders over Clinton, 62% to 37%. That's Hillary Clinton. In 2020, white men in Michigan voted for Sanders over Biden, 49 to 46%. So that's a pretty big swing, right? It's a 
pretty big swing. Okay, another demographic, white men in Missouri. In 2016, Sanders was uh, the victor over Clinton in that demographic, 61% to 38%. And in 2020, Biden actually beat Sanders 49 to 45%. Hmm. Can you help me solve the mystery of why that happened? Aaron, I'm going to go with one of my... A take on one of my favorite old Nancy Drew books. Okay. The Secret in the Old Vagina. (laughs) I don't think I ever met. Was that like a limited edition one? I don't think I ever read The Secret in the Old Vagina. It was the (laughs) PG-13. Yeah. I mean, it appears... Just that's one stat and I don't and I hate when people totally cherry pick it. So I admit that I'm doing something that I sometimes hate when other people do it. But I think it's really telling because it confirms a lot of things that I feared on two levels. One, that people would not vote for a woman for president just because she was a woman, even Mm -hmm. if they were moderates. And two, my vision of uh, the progressive movement that Bernie had built, which was somewhat bolstered by his success in the Midwest, like in in Michigan and in Wisconsin and in Minnesota, um, was actually me attributing sexism to the progressive movement falsely. I mean, though, let's let's add like just a smidge, just a sprinkle, a sprinkle of... I don't even know what it would be a sprinkle of, but a sprinkle <laughs> of that, like, at least like the one thing we have to remember is that like the threat of like the threat of Donald Trump back then seemed so preposterous that maybe people really were, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like maybe now it's just like fucking Donald Trump is so terrible. We're surrounded by cooties um, that could be very bad for us. Mm -hmm. And people are just like, you know what? I don't know. I mean, I think you're right. I'm just trying to find reasons for it sort of to not be true um, because it's a real fucking bummer. I mean, it just it looks to me like given the choice, those demographics as a whole will choose a man over a woman. And then also given a choice, those people, the same people will choose a white man who is not Jewish over a Jewish man or a a real progressive or a socialist. And it, it just, ugh. even though like the issues that he's supporting aren't really socialism. No, they're, they're normal <laughs> Europe stuff. Like it's he's just like, just, just like Scandinavia shit. He should just call it rebrand himself instead of a democratic socialist, call him a every other civilized country in the world ist. Yes. I mean, low maternal mortality rates. Yeah. I mean, Alyssa, what are we going to do about the white men? What are we going to do about them? Are any of them okay? I, some men are okay. I think some, some men are okay. Some men are okay. Let's put that on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'd wear it. I would wear it too. Um, no, I, th- I think that it's, I, and I don't want to lump people together completely. I mean, obviously we're a country made up of individuals, but big groups of those individuals that fall into the same categories seem to behave in a way that that's, ugh. I mean, is it fair for us to say, not really coming out of the closet, so to speak, that we are fundamentally democratic socialists? I mean, I wouldn't go that far, but I I also like hate, I don't like labeling myself, you know, I don't, I mean, I sat at all, I sat at all the lunch tables in high school, you know, I was in every click. There was 40 kids in my class. There was one click, but, um, it was, I, I think that my, the issues that I support align in, in 
almost all cases with issues that people on the very progressive end of the Democratic Party support. I will say that. Um, but here's the thing, Alyssa, do you think that when we're all talking about electability and all these people worried about, you know, who is electable, who's not, who's not, do you think they were just kind of subtweeting the fact that they knew that white men wouldn't support somebody like Elizabeth Warren? I think there's a little bit of that. I think there's a little bit of that. How are you doing with her dropping out? I was very sad, like really, like truly sad. I mean, the thing is, it's like because I've been on so many campaigns and because I think I have a, a, a string of what's called hyper empathy, which is like, I feel other people's pain too much, which like isn't a compliment. It's actually maybe some form of narcissism. Do you get really but, nervous during the national anthem at sporting events because you're worried they're going to mess up? Sometimes. Yeah. I, or I like, I'm, I'm not, I'm like worried. I'm like, I'm like hoping for the, you know what I mean? I'm like, you can do it. You got this, you got this. <laughs> but you know, so I of course feel bad and it's like, you know, it's all also a symptom of, of who you follow online. You know, I'm like a very big supporter and, and enjoyed following the Warren organizers out in Iowa and New Hampshire. Cause they were so fucking plucky and, and energetic and fucking positive and into their shit that it made me sort of believe in her, I think even more. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it's like, look for me, like if I were to lay all my policies out and what I believe and what I hope for, which is that, you know, we have a government that wants to see all citizens thrive, have the tools to thrive at least. Um, you know, I definitely fall in the, you know, Bernie EW bucket, mm -hmm. but like, I think that she just had, like, you can understand how taking all the drama back to 2016, how people could feel somewhat polarized towards Bernie, right? Mm -hmm. Well, there was really, like, no reason for that. I mean, for fuck's sake, EW even endorsed Hillary back then. So I really guess I thought that she was the more perfect messenger. Mm -hmm. And so when people were like, mm, actually, you have, like, plans and you're doing a good job, so we're just, like, not here for it. Mm -hmm. which is really it. She didn't do anything. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I think the people, I mean, like she didn't, she didn't do anything to precipitate her. There wasn't like a moment or a gap or a huge failing that sort of precipitated her decline. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was just that sort of, uh, it's just that sort of thing where it's like, we'll never really know the full unquantifiable extent that sexism played in the failure of the campaign of Elizabeth Warren, not failure, but the uh, the end of the campaign of Elizabeth Warren, we'll never know. And we'll never fully know like whether people's decision to support Bernie over Hillary in 2016 and then Biden over Bernie in 2020 had more to do with sexism than it did to do with uh, fear of change and just wanting to get back to normal again. But Alyssa, Elizabeth Warren dropping out is some bad news, but there are some Glimmers of good news. Green shoots. Green shoots. Uh, first of all, in Arizona, Mark Kelly polling ahead of Senator Martha McSally for Senate. That's great. We want. Martha, I saw that. We want Martha McSally to lose. She's bad. Bye, bitch. <laughs> exactly. And by bitch, <laughs> bitch is a word that can apply to men or women. Like we are. Absolutely. Right. Like, for example, um, Jesse Waters of Fox News is is often the wrongest bitch in the game. He is a bitch as much as any other bitch is a bitch. Um, okay. Also, another green shoot, Montana Governor Steve Bullock running for Senate. Ding, ding, ding. A possible pickup. 
He's a he's a, he would be a great senator, and I'm uh, excited to see him win. And uh, Bernie Sanders lives to fight another day. He lives. He lives to what the Arizona debate it looks like. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen at the Arizona debate? If Bernie is, you know, Bernie had big losses on Super Tuesday. A lot of people were wondering what was going to happen, but he announced on Wednesday he was staying in. So you want to hear my political witchery? Yes. Because I have a deep feeling. So if you're in Bernie's campaign, you've got to know you're like, it's like, looking less and less likely, right? Like realistically. Now, all the people who are calling for him to get out, like it is just like March. Like I think it's completely reasonable for him to want to stay in through the debate and potentially the next round of primaries. All of this has happened very fast. But my belly, we know my belly is very alert. (laughs) My belly tells me that he wants to, it's just the two of them in the debate. I think he wants to press Biden to take strong positions on things so that he can at least say when he does potentially drop out that he had an impact. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That he's going to sit there and be like, you know, in this interview, like if I'm Bernie, I'd be like, you know, in this interview, you said that if Medicare for all were brought, were signed, you know, were passed by the House and Senate, that you, you know, you ambiguously said you might not sign it. Like, do you not believe in Medicare for all? Now, look, when you have two people with different views that are pressed, it's got to be a yes or no answer when there are only two of you for mm-hmm. all intents and purposes. So that's my theory, Aaron. My theory is that Bernie will stay in through Arizona. He's going to push, you know, it is sort of the live action role play version of the platform argument in 2016 Mm -hmm. that he's just going to like bring it front and center and say, this is what like at least at least 30 percent of the party believes in these things. Do you believe in them, too? And I think that we'll see there's probably a lot more agreement than we see on Twitter or cable television. That's my witchery. Mm -hmm. Here's my witchery. Um, Okay. I think that um, Bernie Sanders is a much stronger debater and more consistent debater than Joe Biden. I think when Joe Biden is on, he's very good. But I think that on this campaign trail, he has been inconsistent when it comes to how he expresses himself. Sometimes he seems a little bit scattered. Sometimes he seems like he's perfectly normal and aware of what's going on and able to formulate a a thought calmly and succinctly. Um, But I think Bernie has been consistently able to stick to his message in a way that Biden hasn't. So I think it could happen. And this is, again, I have just as much business prognosticating as anybody else who reads the news and watches the news. But this is at least we admit it. This is just me, a person who has paid attention to both candidates and who um, likes Bernie for many reasons. One of them is that he's a great communicator. I think that the debate could be a really dangerous uh, time for Joe Biden, and it could it could be a Hail Mary pass. For Bernie Sanders. And I, I think that'll be, it'll be interesting. I'll watch. I will be weary, but I will watch. Oh God, I wish we were together. I know. <laughs> our our bicoastalness is such a drag on nights like that. I know it totally is. I, I mean, uh, air travel is not going to happen for a while. <laughs> Fuck no. Sorry. No, I'll text you. <laughs> we'll text and not touch our faces while we're texting. But I want to close, let's close the news on a, on a positive note. At least Harvey Weinstein is like, probably going to prison for 23 years. 23 years. Let's say not enough, but definitely a fucking step in the right direction. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
And Alyssa, also, do you have a toast or a roast this week? I really don't. I was too emotionally drained. Okay. Well, I have a toast. And this oh, is, good. Um, it's, you know, I hate to be a homer here. Um, I, I support all teachers, but my sister is a teacher <gasps> in the St. Paul Public Schools in St. Paul, St. Paul, Minnesota. She teaches um, ESL. And this week, uh, 3,000 members of the St. Paul Federation of Educators, Local 28, went on strike in St. Paul because the district wouldn't meet their demands for better staffing when it comes to mental health and multilingual education and a couple of other things. And they're on the line again today. And I just wanted to support the St. Paul Federation of Teachers of Educators. And I wanted to support my sister and uh, teachers who are out there. We see you and we hope that you get what you want. So solidarity. Aaron, I got to tell you something. I knew about that. You didn't even tell me. And I knew that happened because you know what? I was in Minneapolis this week. You should have gone and like picketed with the teachers. They're a real you know, fun group. Thought about it. But Aaron, I have to tell you, people in Minneapolis, they love you. Oh, thanks. They want you to come visit. We did an event for Pfeiffer's book and people were very uh, encouraging of us to do a new segment from Minneapolis. Well, I think that if people people love and support hysteria, they should consider um, supporting the educators of uh, St. Paul Public Schools. <laughs> yeah, go get online. Right now. And it was also my sister's birthday on <gasps> Monday on the 10th. Yes. And she celebrated her birthday. I was like, happy birthday. And she texted me back a picture of herself with a sign that said, strike. And I was like, wait, what? Have we all just lost our minds? Because I spent my 44th birthday at an Antonio Delgado town hall in upstate New York. Oh my God. Well, my birthday this year, I think falls during one of the conventions. So let's see what'll happen. Oh, it's going to be wild. I don't know. Hopefully we'll be able to Maybe hopefully we won't be able to travel by then. I would actually be fine if there weren't the conventions. The conventions are like, I'll go, but they're, they're like, what do they really do? They're terrible. It's all the, they're terrible anyway. But that being said, I'm excited to travel to Wisconsin perhaps. Okay. Well, Alyssa, thanks for talking to me today. It's a sad day, um, but hopefully things will get better. Onward. Onward. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix zero-sugar hydration drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe mushroom coffees will keep you focused all day long. Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I just like, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, you got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. 
Sometimes you need more more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast. No dishes. Love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito. <laughs> not, not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it. Good for you. Great ingredients. Helps you... Stay focused and alert throughout the day, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount. Text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. And we're back. We've reached the part of the show where I'm no longer sitting alone having a phone conversation with someone thousands of miles away. It's personal political. Let me bring in the women that are sitting with me today to talk about this very fun topic that I've wanted to talk about for a long time. First, she's a comedian whose album My Dad Paid For This is now available. You have to think about the title because it means multiple things. It's Megan Gailey. Wow. It's so, um, it's just, I'm a person of the people for sure (laughs) with the title like that. You know, I'm just an every woman. <laughs> but my dad likes it. So your dad he has paid for a lot of things in my life too. Like <laughs> he's done a lot for me and I appreciate it and that's the least I could do. Um I think it's also funny that you're dressed kind of like a like a Southeast Asian dictator's wife right wow. now. Wow. Oh my god, I was getting clueless. I kept being like twiggy. Um but it is very I'll take that. It's yeah. Like it's like Alexis from Schitt's Creek yeah. hanging out with Imelda Marcos. People have been telling me I have a lot of voted for Bloomberg energy. <laughs> <laughs> what people? Those they, are very you need to cut them out of your life. I know, but the, I just say that as yeah, my threads look good. <laughs> I agree. And next special treat for you today, they are the co-hosts of the new Crooked Media podcast, Hall of Shame. It's Rechna Fruckbaum and Rachel Benetta. Nailed it! Hi, thanks for having us, guys. This is exciting. I yeah, know. it's exciting. I wanted to do a sports one, sports one, I, a sports I, episode for yeah. a long time, just because. Well. I think, well, Megan, I knew was a big time sports fan. I grew up watching sports and everybody kind of encounters it because it's such a big part of culture. But also as like a feminist or as like a pro female empowerment person, sometimes I bump up against fandom within a world that that makes it difficult to love sometimes. So I want to kind of unpack some of the the complicated aspects of that. And unpack like I'm a college lecturer. <laughs> like I, I just lectured at UCLA. Yeah, you are. What Whoa. are you talking about? You are now a college uh, lecturer. I got recognized while I was washing my hands in the bathroom. Oh. But she didn't say anything to me. She just DM'd about. She DM'd me yeah, afterwards. I love those. But I was like washing my hands and I was about to rinse. But I was like, she's not rinsing, and I can't rinse before she rinses. So oh, I yeah. just like it became a standoff <laughs> for who could like wash their hands the longest amount of time. And then <laughs> yeah, and then I rinsed. I rinsed my hands, and I was like, that was weird. Um, but it turns out she wanted to say hi, but just didn't. That's sweet. That was sweet. That's really nice. My yeah. hands are clean. Does this guys. mean yeah. that you went to the bathroom while she was in there? Because that's 
you know, that's a different story. Oh, I don't. Or were you just washing your hands? I, no, I I like peed. It I, was like a, I don't like peeing or doing the other one that I won't even. The unmentionable in, in public. What? Oh, I go wild. I go. Pee? I'll go. I'll, I'll come in and see feet, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, oh, I can wait it out. Oh, <sighs> I'm like a piece of trash. I'll yeah, go me anywhere. too. For real? Oh, Wherever. I can't do it. Doesn't I matter. Do it. I think so. Wow. I don't love peeing outside. No. But it's not even like the I nakedness. Will do that. It's like the dribbling. I'll pee outside. <laughs> yeah, it's just not in front of the anyone. lack of yeah. toilet paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is an art to it, guys. Like, <laughs> you, you just have to. I learned pretty quickly when I was in this like big long hike in the Himalayas. Like, re, there's a sign you can really do it. I can do it really you can well. Figure it out. Yeah. The other thing. Sure. I'm from Canada. I learned at a young age <laughs> that, <laughs> how to like, pee in the woods. That's like part of kindergarten. Yeah, totally. You guys. How Your first pee- lesson. They don't even have bathrooms in Canadian yeah. schools. Rarely. They're just like rarely run along. Yeah. That's like your recess. That's just his peeing time. <laughs> Everyone's just found their own bush. Oh man, I'm glad you know we're talking about to a good start. talking yeah. about man things today. No, we've we've had a couple episodes where we've gotten into bathroom stuff and people get very heated about oh, yeah. it. Yeah, wow. Um, but let's talk about more man stuff. Just kidding, not man stuff at all because I think 40 percent of NFL fans are women and growing, and uh, women are fans of all sports that people would maybe have stereotypically a generation ago Absolutely. thought of as not a female totally. fan base. Mm-hmm. So this is definitely an issue that uh, is is germane to us. So. Let's let's talk about this. Here's my opening question. I'm going to pose it to my two guests. Whoever gets there first gets to answer first. It's a race. Given the scandals, cover-ups, and straight-up abuse that high-level sports have brought us, is it possible to be feminist and a sports fan? Oh boy, um, I'll, I'll take this one take first. It, girl. Just I'm I'm I do a television show on Fox Sports every single day, so I get a lot of stuff all the time, and it's really difficult because you've got to know that if you're going to say something that is quote unquote unspoken, which is really just <laughs> like you know how you feel, and it's probably right if you're a feminist. Being a woman in the sports world is tough, but I'll say if if you want to come out there and say something, you will one thousand percent get. just so much crap back. Like, I know if I'm going to send a tweet about politics, about the U.S. women's national team, I have to prepare my body and soul to log off for the next day or two, especially if, like, a Barstool fan gets a hold of it. Then it's, like, game over. I probably shouldn't have even said that on this podcast because now it's going to be game over. But it's just a bunch of, like, antennae went up and they're like, what? Somebody It's just... A woman had an opinion. I feel like trolls just get extra heated about women in sports. And if they have an opinion and it has to do with women, then it's just very difficult. So, yes, it's difficult to be a feminist in the sports world. I mean, But I think it's... You can be. I think mm -hmm. it's, like, important. I almost feel like being a piece of it is, like, what's feminist about it because you get this other point of view. And I feel like women are more nuanced thinkers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're not so black and white. Mm-hmm. And, like, feminism is a huge piece of that. 1,000%. You just got to be, like, ready for the punches because yeah. they're coming. I mean, Megan, you've done sports media also. Has that been your experience? Um, Yeah, absolutely. But I do think that stand-up really prepared me for the abuse. That mm-hmm. You know, like, that... So I'm just speaking as a woman, and they're like, we hurt you. Um, And so I know, like, every deep, dark, terrible thing that anyone has ever said about me. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think for a while now I've been preparing myself like, okay, well, this may be my last season that I get to enjoy this. And the NFL, you mean? Just just a lot of different things. I mean, I'm an NFL fan. I love the Indianapolis Colts. And there's been times where I've I, I tweeted a while ago, like, wow, the demise of my team has really aligned with the demise of the NFL. <laughs> the cult, like when Peyton left and then Luck left, I was like, well, this is working out for me. It's mm-hmm. crumbling at the right time. But then I do get sucked back in. And I think some of it is like 
there's just a burden on every fan to be a more conscious consumer of what they're viewing. Yeah. So I'm going to watch the same that I used to, but I'm going to have to know that person did X, Y, Z. I do not um, love college sports anymore. I'll probably partake in March Madness just because I do think it's fun. Mm -hmm. But I find the NCAA to be like so horrific and so evil and truly a racist, classist organization from the top down that I've stopped consuming that. And so that's just the point where I'm at where I bought a jersey of some and then like a very obscure player. And then two days later, somebody DM'd me and was like, hey, here's this article. I don't know if you know. And so it's like, okay, well, that's got to go back in the closet. But that doesn't mean that that there's not the LeBrons of the world that I'm honored to put their jersey on or a lot of men. I mean, the longs, there's so many. And like having worked at the NFL post me too, I was surrounded by, as I call them, devoted fathers. Like it was a lot of really... (laughs) good guys because there had been sort of a cleaning house that a lot of other industries did too. Like in some ways, I think sports, these are famous people. And so it's very obvious when they fuck up, but it's like, Hey, Hollywood, if you want to watch movies, that's going to be tough for you as a feminist. If you want to eat food at a restaurant, that's going to be tough for you you as a feminist. I'll give you another example to be a really strong feminist in the sports world. Let's use Michelle Beadle for an example. Mm -hmm. Maybe some of you guys know who she is. Mm -hmm. She hosted a show called Get Up, which was on ESPN. And I don't know what set it off. It might have been Miles Garrett. Um, Somebody hit a woman in the NFL, which happens very often. So I excuse me for not remembering which one it was. But something happened. Some kind of domestic violence uh, happened in the NFL. And she refused to watch the NFL. She's like, from here on out, yes, I am hosting this show on ESPN, but I will not watch the NFL anymore. And she doesn't have a job right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And I mean, it's Michelle Beadle, which is if you are a sports fan and you are a woman, she's God. She's right. iconic. You know, I've struggled with this over the years, too. I remember when my freshman year at Notre Dame, uh, there was an accusation of gang rape. And it turned out it was like immediately when the accusation was leveled, these four players got suspended. And then over the ensuing years, I don't know if she recanted her story or what, but it turned their, their conviction or their like suspensions mm-hmm. were like overturned and it was this whole like really ugly kind of underbelly of what colleges are willing to what what they did my college did the right thing by expelling these players but the attitude of all of the students was like really really shitty I remember being like "Eh, that's not quite right but I mean even beyond that I had to stop watching the NFL after the Ray Rice or yeah the Ray Rice thing um, and Another I one. gave it up for years. And then also I was like, well, my emotional health, I can just ignore this and I'll be totally fine. Mm-hmm. Sure. I think even beyond the obvious like abuse cases that we see with male sports like the NFL, there are sports like USA Gymnastics, which we're watching women perform, but it turns out the cost of them getting to where they got was to endure a level of abuse that was hidden from us. So it's almost like all of USA Gymnastics felt like an like an abuse machine. So how do we right. how like how do you guys encounter or deal with fandom of sports because it's not those girls fault obviously, mm-hmm. but by watching gymnastics now you are rewarding an organization that enabled that. So how do you how do you deal with that? It feels like part of it is like the way that you like execute your fandom whereas like I feel like there's this like in the NFL people are like 
fuck you, like, it doesn't matter, they're amazing. Or in the NCAA in particular, students at colleges are so like, I don't give a shit What about what happened at Penn mm-hmm. State. Like, I love my, you know, mm-hmm. I love the Nittany, Ly- Nittany Lions. It doesn't matter. And like, I think it's more like if you have like a conscious fandom, because it's like, you still want to support these athletes, the good men, all the amazing women. And, and it's like, but I think you can be a fan of like, let's say USA Gymnastics and still call them out. And like, you can maybe even, I, it's, it's problematic. And like, I will say like, I've come in and out of clocking out of the NFL and I'm, I've been bad at sticking to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I get sucked back in really easily, but I am like not watching it with this lens of like, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think there's something to be said for being a fan, but like, being a really active, conscientious. It's also incredibly overwhelming, too, because you're, like, thinking about all of these problems, and it's like, I'm one person. How am I going to stop? Like, these guys are going to continue to get paid. The NFL is probably never going to change. They're going to continue to pay these guys that are hurting their women and children and breaking their arms and doing disgusting also things. Also hurting themselves. Yeah. Hurting themselves. I mean, we, it's very—I think it—, it, it as a woman, it's they're like, oh, my God, domestic violence is rampant and abuse of children has come up. And it's it's also these men are ruining their their brains and their bodies. Totally. Yeah. I am like admittedly yeah. still tuning in. And yeah. some of that is just you cannot bury your head in the sand. You have to be aware of that. But we are also in a time where we are bombarded by sure. craziness. Mm-hmm. Panic was trending on Twitter yesterday. Mm-hmm. And so it is okay to watch something that does bring you joy. I like sports because it reminds me of being with my family. And like totally. when football starts, I'm like, oh my God, it's going to smell like leaves and chili. And all of that Jeez. does make me really happy. <laughs> yeah. And it's okay for that to make you happy and also watch it and go, okay, I'm watching this. I would like to donate to science that explores brain injuries. Josh Gondelman is a very funny comedian. And during the Super Bowl, whenever a team um, scores, he donates to a different organization that helps women or children or or science. Like it's possible to do both of it and both of them, both of it. And you don't have to feel bad, but you do have to continue to remind yeah. yourself what you are watching. Yes, yeah. and question the bigger organizations, even if you're enjoying the moment. Mm-hmm. Or something. I mean, here, as you were talking, I was just thinking that the uh, part of the appeal of sports for me, and, and Megan, you and I have talked about this before, is it's it should be simple. There are rules. Everybody shows up to the field. Mm-hmm. Everybody plays by the rules. And whoever does it the best wins the game. And that's it. And we all witness something fair happening. And it's simple. And you love your team. And you don't even have to think about it because you were born into it. And you love them. You just right. love them. And there's nothing. You don't have to think <laughs> like, oh, but what is, the, what is the coach doing in their, yeah. in their personal lives? It should be like that. Yeah. But it's incredibly unfair to us mm-hmm. <laughs> not to be selfish about it, <laughs> that it's not. Yeah. And I it's mean, really hard to like grapple with that. To fans, for sure. But I, I was just thinking that sometimes the violent response or the angry response from sports fans when you try to shatter some of those illusions comes from the fact that you're shattering their hope at like having something simple. simple. I think it's also like when women speak, because it's usually women speaking up about violence against women, obviously. I feel like when we send out those tweets and we raise our voices, it's almost guilting the men that love this sport so much. And it's like making them feel how we feel. And right. they want to get that the f- furthest away from them as they can, because there's no way in hell that they can give up football. 
Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Like they just can't. I, I can't even think about that because there's no way I can give this up. Right. I Therefore, like, I'll, I'll shut out like all the nuance around yeah. it because yeah. I can't. I mean, I it, it's I, I know that we're, you know, football is sort of like the obvious one. There was a story in baseball this year where the Astros, assist, aren't the Astros really I mean, showing their dicks? Yeah. Um, the Astros assistant GM was fired for like verbally harassing a female reporter like it really does USA gymnastics oh yeah golf like it really does happen in in every single facet Mm -hmm. and yeah it's a lot of reading well (laughs) the the Brandon Taubman thing the Astros GM thing was was such an uh, an epic own goaling like he didn't he wasn't Mm -hmm. the one who was he wasn't the one who was alleged to have committed any abuse. And the woman who he yelled at wasn't in any way confronting the person who was. He was a third party who decided to get it's into cra- like, a woman's face. Crazy. He, but you know what is, I think, indicative of some good progress? The fact that almost everybody reasonable was like, what the fuck is that guy totally. doing? But they first called her a liar. Yes. Astro, first the Astros, the Astros came out and did. called her, like, this didn't happen. And but, then had to, like, revoke that. But male sorry. sports writers, like, rallied yeah. around yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. It felt like a real moment of, like, approaching solidarity mm-hmm. for people who totally. are on the right side of things. And also the Astros turned out to be just a garbage yes, organization. Total garbage. I agree. It, it turns out, like, trash. couldn't hold them accountable for yeah. literally anything. Yeah. Right. Who could have seen yeah. this coming? In yeah. some ways, I think that's why it was easy to get rid of him is because the writing was on the wall and people kept being like, yeah, top down. I mean, there was that Cam Newton when he was like, it's just crazy to hear women talking about. And then everyone, you do sort of like, obviously individuals have issues, but then there are times the Panthers, then they were opened up and Mm -hmm. it was like, you have to understand from the top down, this is the environment there. Mm -hmm. And the Astros were absolutely that. And I think that's why it was easier. So sometimes you have these teams or these organizations that are beloved Mm -hmm. and everyone's like, that's the model. That's the way to do it. And I think when there's scandals within those, it's a lot harder to take them down because they've been the quote unquote good guys, whereas the Astros were very much not Already. in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah. If it's like a standard bearer team, it yes. like feels harder. But mm-hmm. And yet, like more and more, I do think you're finding that people are jumping on board in a way that it used to be like... Like if a woman speaks out, there's a lot more chance. But that I'll, men are I'll speak also up say that it's kind of bullshit because they've been doing this for years and years and years, and all of a sudden now it's it's like looks good on men if you have a woman's back. Now all of a sudden exactly. they're doing it. It's sure. just kind of, I just they're patting themselves on the back while sure. doing but, what they should have yeah. been doing anyway. But it's better than one thousand percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like fake. I'm amazing. Yeah. Well, I, I think that that brings us to some interesting territory because you guys, your podcast. Hall of Shame mm-hmm. is about scandals. And I was thinking about sports scandals and the things about sports that I sometimes bump up against. And some of them veer so dark that I'm like, is it possible to have fun with this? Are there sports scandals or like shameful moment in, moments in sports that you find too dark that you wouldn't approach in Hall of Shame? That's a, That's a good question. We have like N recording episodes. We've sort of run the gamut mm-hmm. from pretty fucking dark to like lighter, which is where we've started. But I think as we find our way, I think there'll be episodes that are a little more serious and ones that are a little more fun. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's like kind of impossible in the world of sports to avoid some like really dark shit. Mm -hmm. And there's also just, there's topics we've covered a lot. So Kaepernick, when we, it was like (laughs) Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf and he Mm -hmm. set out the anthem 
and and in the first place. it was so interesting but it was almost like we started getting into territory that's been covered so frequently mm-hmm. very recently mm-hmm. so we're also trying to there, hit things that yeah, have happened yeah. that you maybe have forgotten or that you didn't know all the details of I was telling somebody this today we have so many there's so many things that have happened we will easily do this podcast for like two years before mm-hmm. even looking so you looking guys have to topics, listen to you know us what I mean? yeah. a lot my um, my husband mentioned Colin Kaepernick in his vows okay uh, which was a real shock there's a photo of me like the fuck he calls the Colts racist for not signing him yeah. which is very God funny bless him. oh it was so great there were high-ranking Colts officials at my wedding, not to pat oh. myself on the back. Oh, I mean, girl. actually, he didn't come, but his wife did. Okay, so, but you do see a lot in sports now, like, stick to sports, and, like, they can't, can't. be. And the you thing can't. is, what's so beautiful about it is, like, they're so intertwined now that That's they it. can't. You know, mm-hmm. like, I look at the leadership of LeBron and Steph Curry and yeah. the things that they these athletes have done since Trump was elected. And it's like, that's actually my president. Megan, like, Megan, Megan Rapinoe. Yes. Yeah, Megan Rapinoe. Like, these are Steve actual Kerr. leaders. This is it's, who our children should be looking up to. They do so much, like, so many beautiful things in their communities that— Athletes have now surpassed politicians as role models. Totally. And I think to that point, I think that's why it's been fun for us to really go back a little because those are things that weren't talked about in the lens that we talk about things today and at with. And so it makes it more fun to like talk about Rosie Ruiz and the marathon, but put this layer that we just like, you know, didn't explore back then. And you talk about dark stuff. I mean, there's like a wrestler, I think his last name is like Benoit. He had CTE. He ended up killing his entire family. Like we're not going to be able to skip over CTE or like talking because that's that's something that's insane that happened in the sports world. Mm -hmm. So long to answer your question, (laughs) yes, we'll get into dark stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rushna, you have kids. I do. What's that like? (laughs) I mean, I had my first kid when I was like, for like LA young, I say, because mm-hmm. I was 31. What? Like literally knew no one who had a kid was like, what's happening? <laughs> I'd still get texts be like, karaoke. And I'd be like, fuck you. I hate you. I hate <laughs> all of you. And then I, so he's like almost 11 now. Okay. And then I have like an almost three year old girl. And, and it's, do they play sports? They do. He's a soccer kid and she's kind of like, you know, exploring. <laughs> I mean, she just, just started soccer. She's a free agent. <laughs> yeah. She's like, you know, like call me. Um, she's pretty coordinated. And but they uh, they love to watch or they he because he's 11 and mm-hmm. she's too little to really stay focused. Like she's yeah. like, look at that baseball game. And it's like definitely a basketball game. <laughs> it's figure skating. But it's <laughs> gr- a the hardest thing I've ever done and be the greatest thing I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Classic answer. Boring answer. But it's really fun to um, put sports fandom on them. Yeah. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. I, I would, I've always wondered what it would be like to be a parent and have a kid that wanted to play a sport that made me uncomfortable. Yeah. Or to have a kid that wanted to play a sport that had a history that was maybe a little too heavy for the kid to know. Yeah. And how do you deal with questions that your older, how you, you and your husband, you and your partner yeah. deal with questions that your older son might have? How does that work? Well, he, um, we, I am a parent who so believes in like being, giving honest answers and like, uh, giving answers that like are as much information as they can tolerate, but that are honest. So with him, I mean, at 11, like they kind of already know a lot of stuff. They hear a lot of stuff. Like his dad worked on, um, concussion, like Mm -hmm. he's a marketing executive and he worked on that movie concussion. So like 
through that, he was mm-hmm. like, what's that about? And so he ended up learning. But I also feel fortunate he's a peanut. So like football's not yeah. <laughs> in the mix for him. Sure. But um, what if he has a growth spurt. Yeah. But my ex-husband and I <laughs> have a very similar take on it, which is yeah. we like as they ask questions, we're very like honest, like, yeah, CTE is an injury that happens to your brain and it happens from concussions. And he does play soccer. And we mm-hmm. talked about like headers and stuff mm-hmm. because that's like. That's not great either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy, like, growing up and playing sports, that's not ever a lecture. No. You all played sports. I played sports. I never got a lecture about concussions, and I got, like, five of them. It's going to be interesting to see kids who are, like, five years old right now grow up and see how many kids are playing football in, like, 10 years from now or soccer. They're really worried because the numbers are declining. Yeah. So there's a lot of places. There was a very interesting, no, daily, sorry. It was a daily episode. I listened to this exactly where, where a city, a city basically banned tackle football yeah. for yes. the kids. Kudos. And this man who was a doctor who had played football yeah. was like spearheading it. And then a few years later, they reversed it because yeah. they were like, we do actually think it's important. My husband played football and jokes all the time about having CTE. Mm-hmm. And then is also like, I want our kid to play because, and it's like, no, Ugh. like I, I will, I will not. My dad played college football. My husband almost played college football. I will not. And some of that, too, I don't want my kids to be gymnasts. Like, I have a friend who was a gymnast, and her body is, like, riddled with injuries. I played golf and tennis, and I'll be able to do that till I die. And I just think (laughs) that's fun. Huge golf and tennis fan also. Like, Bring that into the mix. Uh-huh. So yeah. there's just we're just learning so I mean, kids yeah. are having Tommy John surgery at like yeah, fourteen now. There's, we just children cannot be like put on this earth to be like there's kids that are held back sometimes so, so they, they can, can play yeah, sports. The yeah, yeah, let's there's, just go back I do, to simple. I do think that playing sports as a kid is very important yes. though. Mm-hmm. Like I mean I played volleyball, you yeah. played college sports as well yeah. and you know like half of my life went into totally. sports. Mm-hmm. Oh it yeah, it's, who I it's am great today. and it's really important for girls too I think. Yeah. 1000%. Like one yeah. of uh, one of our co-hosts here is uh, Tian Tran and she plays soccer now as an adult and she played all growing up and mm-hmm. she always talks about it as one of the most formative experiences. Absolutely. For I mean, I can't. I just can't imagine the amount of little girls who are watching the U.S. Women's National Team right now oh go God. to World Cup after World Cup, totally. having Megan Rapinoe speak up against the president mm-hmm. and just like share her cool. words of wisdom. She's so well spoken. Her hair is pink. She is rad. You know, like mm-hmm. women's tennis. It used to be like everyone looked like Maria Sharapova. It's yes. like an amazing to see well, these women. Women's tennis is so much better than yeah. men's tennis. And so, so is like at so least the U.S. women, women team, have yeah. done so much better. Mm-hmm. It's also the most I've ever seen women permeate men's sports oh, yeah. as coaches. I mean, they had all the NBA female assistant coaches up the other day. There's 11 of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like we always hear about Becky Hammond. It's like, oh, my God, there's all these other women. We had our first female assistant coach in the Super Bowl. Like there is there's women that I knew at the NFL. There's one in particular I'm thinking of. And we would always joke she's going to be the first female um, commissioner. But I genuinely think we have a very good shot of that happening. And so when you feel the sadness about like not getting a female president. Mm-hmm. It is like we are we are permeating these boys clubs across every single industry. Though. Yeah. First of all, Tulsi's still in it, Megan. Okay, girl. <laughs> Go oh, off, my Tulsi. God. Great point. <laughs> She's still in it for better or for worse. Um, but I want to talk about, I mean, we're moving forward into this glorious future of women being more included in sports, being more cognizant of the way that they 
affect the athletes that are playing, the way that they handle things that the athletes do, and the way that they treat their fans. But there are also sort of, I don't want to call it a relic, but it is a little bit of a relic of the past um, that continues to exist and be a challenging sport. And that's cheerleading. Mm. Um, Cheerleading is a sport in colleges that is treated like a club in a lot of cases. And these people are putting themselves in physical danger, like talk about concussions and CTE. Cheerleaders get concussions and CTE left and right. But at the same time, when we talk about what is a sport and what isn't a sport, Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. don't usually bring up cheerleading as an example of that. So do you guys think that cheerleading is something that we will get left behind? Or do you think there's always going to be a place for it? And if there is a place, what does that place look like? First off, everyone needs to go and watch Cheer on Netflix. (laughs) And then, yes, they are athletes. (laughs) Um, See, this is difficult for me because I know two cheerleaders that have been obsessed with cheerleading in the past, and they're dancers. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time, these women have grown up dancing. And as I'm sure you can assume, it's hard to have a paying job when your passion is dancing. So I don't want to take that away from anyone Mm -hmm. because that's a paying job. And maybe they're in touch with their femininity and their sexuality, and they're okay with being out there and having their boobs out in short skirts. Who am I to say that that's wrong? I think that when it's more geared towards, I, I think it's different cheerleading and like being a dancer on a Lakers basketball yeah. court is is different. I and I, I don't know. I'm a little bit split yeah. in this because I know two cheerleaders technically, uh, but then you have the the cheer athletes on Netflix who are like obviously athletes. athletes, yeah, and yeah. this is their passion so I just feel like I can't judge them I mean that kind of cheerleading is basically like a version of gymnastics it's madless gymnastics it's like much less safe gymnastics (laughs) and you also fly through the air sometimes and they drop you a lot why don't they just get into gymnastics that was my question throughout the whole thing some of them are for sure I think it's almost like because they're talking about the dancers the Lakers girls and honestly when I'm at a sporting event and they come out to dance I'm like yes like I like I just yeah. like think they're so cool. I also do. I think it's because I'm a terrible dar- dancer, yeah. like a yeah. Carlton level dancer. Yeah. I yeah. think it's easy to say that cheerleaders are stupid and like, what are they there for? They're there for men's attention. But if you think about it in a different way, they're out there performing in front of people. This is what they want to mm-hmm. do. No one's forcing them into right. doing this. They could find a better paying job. Let yeah. me tell well, you. They, they all have to have multiple jobs. Yeah. So I think it's like we want them, if they're going to stay, if the dancers of the NBA and the NFL and there's NFL teams that do not have cheerleaders. Um, if the, the Steelers and the Packers, correct? And the Browns, Browns. do not, and the, Browns. and the Bears mm. do not, and yeah, I think that's Is it. Is it just like places it's so I think cold. it's the oh, old... the Vikings have cheerleaders. It's the like original... Those whatever. Yeah. Steel City. Um, they places. have to start paying them a living wage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have yeah. to be that's making... And it's... And like... And then people are like, well, but the people aren't there to see the church. It's like, okay, but yes, they're doing so much. And like, they are a part of it. They need to be making as much of, if not more than the security guard. Like, that's, so we just have to start treating them better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can um, reframe the role of yeah. that job and like what... <laughs> 
how much they and get for it. some of their outfits are really bad. Oh, they're, they're crazy. They're so bad. And, like, yeah. I'm not even saying in a sexy way. It's just no. like, what does that look? Like, yeah. these are really hot women. And I'm like, that is not a good look. Wow. So yeah. we just got to, we got to zhuzh it up a little. We got to get a Project <laughs> Runway challenge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Challenge with them. Yeah. Heidi? I, I think that would be awesome. Uh, but, Megan, I think your point is dead on that it's more, like, the thing that needs to be worked on is not, like, get those cheerleaders out of there. Yes. It's like pay those cheerleaders a fair amount of money to yeah. do what they're doing. And treat them better and don't make them diet and like look skinny as hell. Yeah. Like yeah. just let them be Change the dancers that they want to be. A yeah. cheerleader. Well, yeah, because when yeah. we see the when those videos go viral of the old people dancing, it's love. like we love that too. Yeah. You know, like any form of dancing in a jersey, I'm into. Yeah, there's like, also yeah. male cheerleaders now too that yes. you sometimes yeah. see at basketball games as well, which didn't used to happen. Yeah, I think you're yeah, thinking of them as entertainers instead of... Yeah. cheerleaders mm-hmm. is important. Um, I want to talk a little bit about scandals since it's your the topic of your show. I want like what are your favorite like hilarious and fun sports scandals? Mm. They can be things that you've gotten to already or they can be things that are on deck for you. They can just be things that are You know what? Separate. This is I am looking forward to this one that I'm about to tell you. The way that I pitched this podcast was based off of Tiger Woods. Because Tiger Woods has been up to some nasties. Okay? He's gone on sexual escapades. He's had his Escalade hit with a 9-iron. <laughs> all of this stuff. I cannot wait to get into that. Yeah. Um and but it, it's kind of along those lines. Like, yes, we're going to get into the dark stuff. But I think what I really like is like the more scandalosos, like the yeah. juicy gossip. The, this is like a little bit more like conspiracy theory, but I feel like it's sort of confirmed. But like the one that I came in and when I tested oh, yeah, yeah. with Rachel was like the story of when and it's actually kind of sad now because. Oh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, it's when <laughs> it's like game five of like the 2010 NBA playoffs in Boston versus Cleveland. And like LeBron had been playing yes. out of his mind. And then all yeah. of a sudden it was as if he was like his body got taken over by someone who never played basketball before. And the theory was that he found out right before the game that his mom had been fucking another player, Delonte <gasps> West, on the team. It's great. And like. It's like really sad because Delante has since sort of oh, like yeah. fallen into hard times and it makes me bummed out. But back then, Delante was just this fun guy and they'd always mm-hmm. show him like eating a bucket of fried chicken before the game. And he was like so fascinating and yeah. like all these neck tattoos in it. And a part of me was like, go Gloria James. Good for you. Uh, go girl. Oh, but I anyway. Love I love uh, that story. Yeah. <laughs> it's so. Yeah. I love that. Just know, don't Google it right now. No, no. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to. Yeah. It's dark. I'm, but I think he's going to get help, too. I mean, okay. that's yeah. like when you saw people tweet the video then everybody was like hey help this man like, yeah don't just like and by the him. way that's a huge shift i mean the nba i think is our greatest league mm-hmm. and yes and of the major leagues in basketball. usa and like mental health has become a, like kevin love mm-hmm. wrote a whole thing about it and like i feel like that is like an area in, <clears throat> in like sports across the board that's just been totally underplayed that's like starting to come up too which i think is yeah. all this stuff we're talking about this horrible shit we're talking yeah. about is going yeah. to be helped by like mental mm-hmm. health being addressed on more. I know each way. NBA team has a dedicated therapist mm-hmm. and like I've asked an NBA player before like but what if you say something aren't they just going to and they're like no like these are like psychiatrists psychologists in the way where they cannot violate Great. like that privilege right. and they are forced to meet with them like not for but it's like you will be Encouraged. spending an hour with yeah. our yeah. team therapist wow. just as the same way That's you would be going training. to exactly yeah. and I so that, that is something I'm yeah and even the, like the NBA is absolutely in our, our most progressive and they really highlight the players which is so helpful but they had a little hiccup 
Sure did. I stand with Hong Kong oh, earlier this China. year. So yeah, you yeah, do yeah. That was see, not great. That yeah. was really, really bad. It's still like money, a money-driven yes. industry. And, yes. And, and so that is like yeah. every, with every step forward, mm. you also go, oh, okay, Everybody does no have a blind spot perfect, yeah. at at something. You still see kids standing up dancing in like Clippers jerseys, and then they'll lift up their shirt and it says, I stand with Hong Kong. And I was at a game and the cameraman basically like fell over. Yeah. Like he was like, get out, get away from me, get away from me. <laughs> like they still are like, oh, yeah, totally. Um, my, I think my favorite sports scandal, and this gets really dark too, depending on like how conspiracy ish you get with it, is uh, Michael Jordan. Oh my God. Michael Jordan and like, does he have a problem? Does he not have yeah. a problem? Why was he suspended from the NBA? Totally. Like, what happened to his yeah. dad? Was baseball really just a what suspension because so he weird. was a yeah. gambling addict? Yeah. What happened to Michael yeah. Jordan's dad? Like, I mean, it's it's extremely yeah. dark, but I, that one is so intriguing. It's so we definitely want to get into like the more like obviously that's well known. Tiger Woods is well known. It's going to kind of like run the gamut of things that maybe we you just haven't heard of in like ten years. You mm-hmm. know of it, but then we're yeah. going to really do these crazy deep dives. And like you and I are big sto- sports fans. And we know some of these stories, but in the deep dive, we're finding out things that we had never yeah. heard before. Yeah. And it's really fun. You're going to solve mysteries. We oh, might. You, yeah. This is going to be like, I, so I have a favorite. One of my favorite Colts players is rumored to have murdered a man. Marvin Harrison. We're going to talk oh, about Oh, you yeah. let me know. Will you let me know. I'll we find will. out. Okay. Yeah. Because and th- this, is what, <laughs> this is an example of me being a conscious fan. I love Marvin so much. And so whenever I bring him up, I'm like, well, Marvin Harrison. It is rumored that he murdered a man. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to say both of those things in the same sentence. Mm -hmm. The good with the bad. That's a way to be a feminist sports fan. I think so. (laughs) Just like a human. Just to circle back to where we started. If you're an announcer, then you have to say, asterisk, here are the crimes that this person (laughs) might have. It's an excellent play, but he may have done all of these things. They're very, very bad. You know what I'm excited about you guys to get into? I'm excited to get into, like, pre uh, like Cold War era fuckery, mm, like yeah. the East, the East German swing that team. Shit. Holy wow, shit! Wow, wow, wow! Yeah. Uh, all the fuckery of like men cycling. Yes. Like, there's like, so, like I said, uh, there's so many things that we can get into. Like, taking, we're strong. good for a while. Taking the blood out of their bodies and putting new blood yeah. in. Yeah. That is wild. Crazy. The IOC is so crazy. The I mean, Olympics like, alone yeah. could be like its own. Pod. We keep Absolutely. on running into all, and like, we don't know if the Olympics are going to stay I, this summer, yeah, but if right. they do, like, we should probably just do a month of Are we Olympic. going to Tokyo? You got to go to Tokyo. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to stay home. <laughs> you can do you. <laughs> it, it might be contained by then. We oh, don't yeah. Know. We might be okay. I think it'd be good if the Olympics just got canceled. Yeah. Period. Just, just That's overall. another thing that we keep on running into. Like, Olympic athletes, you talk about dancers. Like, they're treated like shit too yeah. and not paid well. And Yeah, they spend, like, their entire lives preparing for the luge yeah, race and then get disqualified. And it's good. Then it's over. And then what? Do you go back to school? You, know, yeah. you always you know how to spell luge. Yeah. Which, in, which that's something. Yeah, that'll that come something. in handy. I it was what? telling her that my, like, high school computer teacher because I'm so old that we had computer teachers we had, like <laughs> computer class he was like a silver medalist in like speed skating yes. and I was like and now you're my yeah computer teacher <laughs> what a bummer if they have to cancel the Olympics I hope they still run all the human interest stories yeah. I love those yeah. it's like a skeet shooter and I'm like yeah. I can't believe his dad I know did. somebody yeah. that's going to be in the Olympics this year she's a beach volleyball player wow. and I know she's been training her entire life beach for this volleyball moment. is interesting though because they can make a lot of money right because there's well, also a professional I mean league. technically every Olympian could make a lot of money based off of like sponsorship so if mm-hmm. you are good right. enough mm-hmm. then but yeah. certain leagues like she can still compete during the year yes like certain sports have 
yes, money, right. like yeah. more money. They also them. say there's more fucking going on at the Olympic Village than at oh, the Playboy man. Mansion. I know, like, oh, we did the Ryan Lochte story oh, yes. a while ago. Oh yeah, I love that guys, story. I, yeah. Guys, you guys want to know, uh, I was the one who first wrote the article that was like, Ryan Lochte is America's sexy douchebag that went oh mega God. viral. Oh my God. That was me. Thank what? you. That was a blog we post. We talk about it. This girl <laughs> thinks he's it. super sexual. Listen, it's been a long time since I was single, so I'm still like recalibrating. <laughs> Look, he is. Uh, he he appeared on an episode of Thirty Rock as a yeah. sex idiot. Yeah, um, oh, yeah, we, had, we talked about that. He had his yeah. own show. Yeah, yeah. And, I watched. And, it. and at the MTV beginning show, right? of it, there were like screenshots of the article I wrote, and it was like, wow. that's so cool. Where's Why? my? You can't even. Where's my credit? Can't even give me a hug yeah. about this. No, it's it's fine. I'm over Ryan Lochte. Um, <laughs> it's totally it's fine. Fine. Um, okay. Well, I think that's all the time we have for the sports discussion. I'm so excited uh, to listen to more episodes. I've already listened. How many are out now? Two? Yeah. Two. I've listened to Halfway Through the Rosie one and just mwah, chef's kiss. Uh, it's about cheating in the Boston Marathon, yeah, which is thanks. cheating is a great uh, fertile area. When people mm-hmm. cheat, it's a lot of like, cheaters out there. A lot of cheaters yeah, out there. People with a cheat lip- when there's so many cameras. It's like, <laughs> okay, man. Yeah. I saw a guy God with bless. a Livestrong shirt on yesterday and Live I was like, strong. he's got a lot to read. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you some, yeah. a pamphlet. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, the hills will die on. Guys, it's been a rough year. It's going to get rougher, and you deserve a little treat for not going insane yet. You could head to the local tiki bar and tell the bartender, do your worst. But we have a better idea for you, which is pick out something from the Crooked store. The store is stocked with tons of new merch. It's perfect for the spring. And classics like the Friend of the Pod tees that you'll be wearing long after the next administration or the next fascist dictatorship, depending on how things go. Pick up a new tee for the warm weather ahead, a mug that'll remind you to stay involved this election year, or a hat celebrating your favorite pod. Go to crooked.com store to shop. Okay, we're back. We've reached the part of the show where we get really petty about stuff that isn't supposed to matter, although mine does matter this week. But let's just, that's, I'm breaking the rules. It's my show. Uh, First, let's listen to our listener, Hill. Hi, Hysteria. The hill that I'm going to die on is that people need to read their fucking emails. If somebody takes the time to highlight, bold, underline, italicize, or otherwise direct your attention to a specific section of an email so that you will follow the directions and then you respond, clearly having not read that email or following those directions, you are wasting the sender's time. Just read your fucking email and stop being a jerk. I'm going to guess this person's profession. I'm guessing they're a teacher mm. or like a college. I'm not going to. I'm going to guess they're an actress. Wow. I was going <laughs> to guess like out. marketing. Yeah. It could be marketing or like HR. Somebody who's like trying to get yeah. people to do things. I was thinking HR. That's where my brain went. Yeah. I wonder if people ever like hear their coworker on that, on this and be like, are you mad at me? Is Susan talking about yeah. me? <laughs> like, that sounds like my boss. <laughs> oh, man. That would be, I don't think I recognize very many people's voices well enough that I'd be able to tell unless no. I was like. Unless it was like my boyfriend. 
Yeah. There's some people. Imagine your boyfriend calling in and doing the hills about you. My hill is my girlfriend's a bitch. (laughs) Now, that's one we would definitely play on this show where feminists get together and talk about stuff. How your girlfriend's a bitch. Bitch of the week. (laughs) Do, do, do. We got to do a bitch of the week. Wow. (laughs) Alyssa and I do fuck that guy. And sometimes the guy is a girl. Yeah. Yeah. The guy, I think, has has been, it's been Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Sure. Kellyanne. Kellyanne. That's truly feminist. Fuck that guy can be a girl. Yeah, <laughs> guys can be anybody. <laughs> um, okay, I'll go with my hill. It's it's like not petty. It's serious. But okay, we are living in a time. God, I hate that. This is a bad way to start anything. Um, so we're li- we're living in a time of a serious pandemic mm-hmm. of a virus that people have literally no built up immunity to. It is very very dangerous, and it's going to spread to a lot of people. And the best thing we can do is to slow down the spread by being as careful as we can. That includes you not traveling. Oh. You don't need to travel. That includes you. It doesn't matter if you're really excited to travel. It doesn't matter if you've been planning this for a long time. It doesn't matter if it is not essential travel. You do not travel. You Preach. do not. Even if you're not worried about your own health, you don't want to be a vector mm-hmm. that leads to the death of people. Like in Kirkland, Washington, they're wheeling bodies out of a long-term care facility on stretchers. That is because somebody was a vector at some point. Don't be the vector. Like, put it off as long. Wash your hands Very really selfish. well. selfish. Yeah, don't. It's it's like the same mentality that leads to an, people being anti-vax. Like, mm. we everybody, look, we all got to be in this or it's going to fuck everything for everybody. Mm-hmm. So... Please don't travel if you don't need to travel. We just 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 think about everybody else. Think about people besides you. Yeah. And that's the hill I'll die on this week. Or we're all gonna die on the hill if we don't literally. That's it. Yeah. Anyway, um let's let's I'll stop. Mine's so dumb. Scolding. I'm not following that up. I'll that's a good one. It. I'll follow it. I don't care. And I'll tag onto your hill. I, listen, I, I'm gonna tag onto your hill and then I have my own hill. Stop being like it's just old people. Guess what? I love old people so much. Yeah. I love old people more than any kind of people. And if they die, that is really sad and really bad. And just because you're not old doesn't mean it matters. Those are all my friends and all my viral videos that I like. Okay. <laughs> also, I think movie theater popcorn kind of sucks. Uh, oh. Yeah, yep, yep. I'd rather have a hot dog. Um, what? I'd rather have a curly fries there. I'd rather have nachos. I like the popcorn that I make at my house better. Okay, that's oh. fine. But Is it the butter? Like, what's wrong? I just don't think it's that. I just think there's better options at mm. the movie theater. We got pretzels, pizza, jalapeno poppers, you curly sound fries. Crazy. I know. Theater? I know. Are you going but, to curly oh, I go to some wild theater. Oh, I first of all, I went to a theater and ordered the curly fries, and they said we never had anyone order these. <laughs> so I'm like, it's, but it's on the menu. I just don't eat. I just don't think because it's all the same stuff that's at sporting events. But when I go to a sporting event, I'm not getting a tub of popcorn. Yeah, get I'm getting a hot dog. Mm. Yep. Okay. Uh, I'm with you. It's so much easier but to eat hot, like popcorn I do love in the popcorn dark. in a theater. I just have a Pavlovian like the second I mm-hmm. enter and they rip the ticket. It's like, I need popcorn. Yeah. yeah. You smell well, it in the air, the butter. Yeah. Mm. I've evolved. Okay. I'm past it. <laughs> All right. If I saw somebody eating a hot dog in a movie theater, I would call the police. I have <laughs> really had a chili cheese. Oh, dog. I oh, love, I I'll go love popcorn hot dogs. and hot dogs. Yes, I just yes, always yeah, have yeah. to have popcorn. Well, because that's an appet- popcorn's yeah. an appetizer. That's and like when I'm skipping dinner. When I go to a 7 p.m. movie, that's dinner. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Rachna, do you want to go next? Sure. 
Uh, my hill is that chill is the most overrated virtue of our generation. Mm-hmm. I think chill is an excuse to be <gasps> apathetic. Mm-hmm. I think okay, it's an mom. excuse to be thoughtless. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. This is my transformation from young woman to old woman right here. <laughs> it's happening. I think chill is like a reason. It's like a way that people it's a, it's a virtue that people get put on people that are like, don't have feelings. It's it gives people an excuse to be like straight up rude sometimes. That's you know who point. ghost people? Chill people. Mm. I think chillness is overrated. I get tired of it. I get tired of people going bending over backwards to prove that they're chill instead of feeling whatever it is they feel. Mm. And I by like the this. way, be passionate. Yeah. Give like a shit. That. I like that. Be one. invested. I'm mm-hmm. on that hill too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Rachel? Okay. My hill <laughs> is the and hear me out with this one. Okay. okay. All birds that fly can just be eliminated. So we still have chickens. We still have chickens. Every other bird that takes flight can peace out of this world. And I'll tell you why, okay? I walk my dog every single morning. This MF (laughs) mockingbird, I think it's a mockingbird. People have told me it's a mockingbird, has decided to have a little nest on my walkway. I've been here for years, okay? This bird just showed up out of nowhere and attacks me. It must be having babies or something, but I don't have time to go out of my way to take a different route every single day. So I deal with this bird. I put my hood up and my dog and I just book it past this bird and it will fly. I have video proof. Wow. I have video proof Mm. that this bird comes after me every single day. And it's just made me think why birds in the first place, they literally shit on you because they have no respect for you. They probably have an agenda with their beady little eyes. They stare at you. (laughs) Why do you have them as pets? I would argue best animal to get a tattoo of. <sighs> Why would you ever? They're, Anyways, birds can. They I'm can, afraid of birds. I can. Same. Oh my yeah. god! They come out I'm of nowhere. Afraid. I birds will are, say so this. This next beautiful. door neighbor had a pet bird. It was this like white, beautiful bird, and there were signs on like a post one day uh, that it had gone missing, and like a very scary description of what had happened. It was like our bird has gone missing. A falcon came after it last week. Was a falcon in your house? I don't know the whole story. Please let us know if you've if you heard anything. I. P- when I came out my apartment that morning, before I even saw this sign, there was white feathers everywhere Ooh. in front of our apartment. Could have been a cat. Cats kill tons yeah. of birds. Um, I am extremely <laughs> pro-bird, and oh, here's why. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, when I was a kid, we had chickens. We raised them. Um, I said birds that take flight. <laughs> well, I like flying birds, too. Okay, so here's here's what's cool about... First of all, I'm reading a book that's about chickens right now. It's like a, it's a novel. It's a very weird novel. It's called Barn 8, and mm. uh, I'm really enjoying it. It's about, like, it combines, like, Heists, veganism. I'm mm. not a vegan, but the vegans are main characters in this book. And like factory farming. And it's it's really, really good. It's by Deb Olin Un- Unferth. But birds, their shit helps transfer seeds. The reason that forests like flourish is because birds are shitting seeds out. That's very important. There's other ways. Ma- mice can carry seeds. <laughs> I'll do as, it. Not as far as I'll do it. I will grow the forest. I'm going to tell that fact to my yeah. kids yeah. tomorrow morning and they're going to be like, oh my God, mommy's so smart. Also, birds, uh, owls are awesome. Owls are, are awesome. objectively cool. They're the cats of the sky. They Their heads can turn like almost all the way around. Which is cool or <laughs> terrifying? I think it's 
awesome. They eat things that are considered vermin. So owls eat a ton, like mice and rats. Mice, and are, mice are super cute. They so. spread <laughs> disease. Owls mm. kill them. Yeah. We need... You we, guys need your spin-off podcast. Birds. Birds. Just call it There's like, literally a horror movie called scary. Birds. Birds are very scary. Well, it's because di- the, b- birds are basically small dinosaurs. dinosaurs. Yeah. They're dinosaurs. I'm not saying that they dinosaurs can't be on this extinct. earth, but I'm very afraid of them. Yeah. Well, they're delicious, too. So, uh, okay. <laughs> Rechna, Rachel, and Megan, thank you so much for stopping by. Thanks to Alyssa Master Monaco for calling in, and thanks to you for listening. There will be more hysteria for you next week. Hysteria is a product of Crooked Media. Caroline Reston is our producer. Our editor is Sarah Barrett, and Kyle Seglin is our sound engineer. Thank you to Juliet Beckstrand for production support and to our digital team, Elijah Cohn and Nadina Malconian for filming and editing our video content every week. Step with the bass drum